Welcome to the Money and Meaning Podcast. It's the podcast for CEOs who want a life full of money and meaning. I'm your host, Kenna Corder, National Certified Counselor and the world's number one clinical hypnotherapist specializing in turning stress and anger into a life of meaning. I created a virtual experience that allows me to have private conversations with CEOs that are stressed because they're singularly focused on money. And what I've found in my clinical practice is that if the CEO is stressed, the whole company is stressed. Am I right? But it doesn't have to be that way. And the CEO is stressed because society makes us believe the American dream is one thing. When it's just not true, it means different things to different people. And the truth is, the American dream is dead now anyway. Because all it ever did was force us to chase money and compete with others, which left us stressed and unhappy. Nobody dreams of being stressed and unhappy. That's why I set out on a mission to guide my tribe on a transformational journey to make America meaningful again. So if finding meaning in life is a high priority for you right now, let's get into today's show. Most of we've been talking to men, but today we get to talk to a woman and what I love about the conversation we're about to have, we're talking to a woman in a male dominated industry. And so there's a whole bunch of mental health that goes along with us being a woman working in a male dominated industry. <laughs> but, that is true. That is very yeah. true. <laughs> <laughs> this conversation is going to be so candid and so deep. So get ready to go there. If you are multitasking, I'm going to say sit down for this one. Yeah, I want you to do that. Let me introduce my guest to you. Sejo Lakani Bat is the CEO of TechWorks, a leading IT company based in New Jersey, focused on providing small and mid-sized businesses with customized solutions for their business. Sejo began her career working for a major global banking and left that world in 2012 to join her husband in his business, TechWorks. So by 2014, I'm going to add, she was so freaking good at what she was doing. (laughs) (laughs) That Sejo took over the operations, sales and marketing for TechWorks and became the CEO. In March of 2019, Sejo's husband passed away. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. Tejas passed away from a heart attack at the age of 39. And since the loss of her soulmate and business partner, Sejo has repositioned TechWorks under her sole leadership. Now, I told you this is going to be deep. I told you we were going to go there and I told you to sit down. So if you haven't already, go do that. And please join me in welcoming our guest today, Sejil. Hey, Sejil. Hi, and thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited about this. So a lot of times people are like, Kene, your podcast is all over the place. You talk about stress from so many different places, but guess what? This will be the first time that we will talk about it from two of the places that we're going to hit with you. So, oh, this is going to be so good. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. I am really, really excited. So, Sage, if I can call you Sage, because we'll be friends by the end of this episode. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) 
<laughs> We're already there. We're already there. Yes. So Sage came to me through our EO. You've probably heard already in a couple of episodes, we've been interviewing a lot of EO entrepreneurs and we chose EO because they have a specific type of entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. The entrepreneur dedicated to building and developing them, their companies, growing their companies, but growing themselves. So we're going to talk some about that 360 lifestyle as an entrepreneur, but from the beginning and the middle and the end, right? Because it's a journey and it sounds like you have been on a journey. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been moving. <laughs> yes. We've definitely been on some sort of journey. Yeah. So I don't know if you've heard our podcast before, but the first question that we ask every guest is what is your idea of prosperity? That is such a hard question. And I have heard some of the podcasts before, and I thought about the answer to that. And if you'd asked me a year ago, I would have been very clear about what success was, what prosperity is, right? I want to be a great Mm. mother. I want excellent kids. I want a great thriving company, X million dollars, X million in sale, you know, donate X amount of uh, the percentage of profits to X charity. I mean, I had it all down pat. Mm. It's not like that anymore. My definition of prosperity changes on a daily basis lately. So as you mentioned, I lost my husband on February 28th of 2019. He was also my business partner, the father of my kids. And My definition of prosperity is making decisions moving forward Mm -hmm. and not letting anything stay stagnant. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean it's making the right decision because you don't know, but every decision puts you on that next step to look at that path. And now you've got different steps. It's kind of like that flow chart when you have boxes and it's like, yes or no, doesn't matter which one you choose because it takes you to the next step. That's kind of where I'm at. I have my definition of prosperity is seeing my kids thrive. We're past surviving. It's seeing them happy and laugh and be open and vulnerable and cry. My definition Mm -hmm. of prosperity in the business was getting it stable. It took me 10 and a half months. And on January 11th of 2020, we became stable. That means Mm -hmm. I was in the same position that I was in, in January of 2019, Mm. which is huge for me, but it's not necessarily everyone's definition of success. And my definition of success personally is to get through the grieving process and and take time for myself while making sure that my company's striving forward and, and running forward and making sure that my kids are happy and doing the things I need to do to be good. So I guess it's it's kind of where it's at. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being so candid and authentic with us. And even though you're talking to a therapist, we are not going to make this a therapy session. (laughs) Well, you'd be the first one I'm talking to this year. So take that as you want. I will do my duty, but I will also make this fun for you as well. (laughs) So talk to me a little bit about that stability. How did you get it back? How did you become stable? Honestly Mm. speaking, it is all about my network. I Mm. am consistently out there. I do a lot of talks, a lot of seminars, 
And I'm constantly the person that's out there saying, you got to have a good network, got to have a good network. And a good network is one you build from the get-go, not one that you're building in a time of need. And I have just an amazing network. I had two colleagues of mine that I, so my husband was the main tech. Okay. So I am an, I do run an IT company and I'm very good at it, but I have zero technical skill set, and it is what it is. <laughs> and my husband was the technical genius behind the whole thing. And when he passed, you know, you're not always thinking straight. There's a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, I had people that stepped in. I, you know, two colleagues of mine that identified my current director of managed services. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when I say identified him, they identified him, spoke with him, determined salary, went through growth incentive plans, got everything signed, and then told me what had happened when I said, oh, I think I need someone. So it's from that level all the way to, you know, my neighbors bringing me groceries so that I could focus on something else. So I'm not worried about the regular stuff. So that's how I got it stable. So I will tell you that my current team is amazing. My director of managed services, my two senior techs, they're absolutely amazing. They go above and beyond. They understand what needs to be done. And I've truly come to rely on them. I have a very large network and being that I'm in EO and and I absolutely agree to everything you said. EO is just an organization in itself that is so amazing and so candid and vulnerable. And it's just such a great community to be part of. I have people in EO and I have a very close network of people outside of EO. And I use them for everything from figuring out which mechanic can help me change a flat tire to hiring my top person at my company. Mm. Yes, man. I mean, so much that you said was just chills, 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 just freaking me chills. I couldn't even breathe. I was like holding my breath, like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, like so good. I love, first of all, that you are an excellent receiver, Sage. You have no idea how hard that is for so many people, especially women. Yes, yes, I agree. So let me definitely commend you on that. And then- There's this, and I'm wondering, so I'm wondering, is this cultural? Is this something you yourself just built yourself? Like, how is it that you built this network that you even have this network to receive from? Because in my book, The Art of Starting Over, I talk about like givers and takers, and then givers usually attract takers. They don't usually attract other givers. So when they do have hard times, like what you experience, Mm -hmm. they feel so lonely and alone and left to to fend for themselves and they have nothing to do. They have no energy, nothing to get themselves back and they need that network, but they've built this network of takers. So they're empty, but you don't, you, you had a network of people who also givers how did that happen? Is that something that you were raised like that? Or did you learn? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> I, wanted, I want to tell you that I'm amazing and everyone just loves me. But I think <laughs> they, might, they might have differing opinions on that. I am a very strong woman and I've always been. And I think if you ask anybody in my network, they would tell you the same, that she's a very strong woman. But I think it's really important to be vulnerable. And that is something EO teaches you. We can all mm. be extremely strong and we can do what we need to do and get ourselves out of bed and pick ourselves up. But 
I will ask for help. And I feel that even if you think someone's a taker, if you're asking for help, it is in human nature to help that person. When we're vulnerable, it's it's in our nature for us to help that person that's being vulnerable to you, at least in most of our natures, right? Mm -hmm. My network is extremely strong. The women and men in my network are incredibly strong. Uh, Like you said, I'm in a very male-oriented field. I have not been in a position where I've asked for something and somebody said no. And again, I just take that to mean that I'm amazing and awesome. Absolutely. But I think also, <laughs> or, or more so, that they want to help. And one of the things I have mm. done is say, look, I don't know what I need. Or the people that I know can help me, I've gone out and said, look, I, I'm sad or I'm having a hard time or I'm scared out of my mind or I can't do this. Can you help me? And they've all jumped at it and Mm. they've been amazing, amazing at it. And it's made it easier for me to be at a point where, you know, if there's something that I'm not comfortable with or upset with, I'm quick to ask because I know I do a lot and I've always done a lot and I'm not ashamed or afraid to say, okay, this is just way out of my league, or honestly, I can't handle this. Mm-hmm. So I need someone to help me. Yeah, because I like how honest you are about your strengths and your challenges. You do a great job at running the company, but you're not a tech person. That's not who, yeah, who you are. Who you are is this CEO, but you don't have to be the tech person in order to be the CEO which is why you hired these amazing team that you have Mm -hmm. so that they can do their parts. And that is brilliant. A couple of weeks ago on the podcast, we talked about building a conscious team and it sounds like you've done that for yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, this is mental health awareness month. A lot of this month we've been talking about men's mental health, but I'm going to dig deep in a couple of things that women Uh need some mental (laughs) health. And the therapist comes out. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I just changed my clothes right now. (laughs) I'm lying down. I'm ready. Let's do it. (laughs) Okay, yes, good. Let's assume the position and let's go. So you did talk about being a strong woman and then you talked about being vulnerable. Those two don't usually go together. That's sort of like a contradiction, right? So have you how have you figured out when to be strong and when to be vulnerable? How do you choose between the strength that you have and this vulnerability that you also have? So I don't know if I have an answer for you. And and I'll tell you why. I came from the banking world. And at the banking world, I was never vulnerable. I Mm. knew it all. I knew it better. And even if I had no idea what I was doing, oh, I could fake it till I made it. I know, right? I mean, that was, that was it, right? You're in this world and you are just out there for the kill. Yep. And when I started working with my husband, you know, that in itself was a big thing, right? You're working together, you're living together, you're married, you got kids together. It's a lot of together. And we used to talk about it all the time. And it got to a point where we were having more open conversations about things that were going well and not going well. And working together helped me realize what my faults were and what my challenges were, my weaknesses were, and what his are. 
mm-hmm. and were. So so we sort of had, you know, it kind of started there. And I think that when you develop relationships with certain people, you just have that ability to become close with them. And I have, you know, not everybody in my network, but I definitely have three or four people that I probably talk to. I'm going to say daily basis. They're going to tell you I call them 17 times a day. Well, I'll stick to my story. And <laughs> and we just talk and text so much that you get to a point where you're so easy to trust them that it it's okay to be not okay, right? It's okay. Yes. It's okay to fail. It's okay to fall to the floor. And it's okay if you can't pick yourself up as long as you have somebody else to do it. Yes. Um, and that's what I've realized in the last year, probably more so then I've had to open that up to my kids, right? I cry in front of my kids when we're talking about, you know, my husband and I'm like, I'm his daddy too. And we'll cry together and then we'll stop crying and we'll go out and we'll go to the movies. I mean, you know, we'll do something, right? So I think it's about, again, moving forward. So taking that decision, fine. You want to have a cry. You want to fall to the floor, whatever you want to do, let's do it. And then- Let's do the next thing. So I don't know when I made that choice, but I know that in the last year, I have definitely, especially with certain people in my life, become much more vulnerable. Things that, you know, wouldn't normally happen that I normally wouldn't say. And I've started to look at things in a different way. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to talk to you about your children and their mental health because you brought that up. But before I say that, I want to ask you of what is the feeling that's different between when you were at the bank and you were the know-it-all? And when I say that, I say that with love because I was saying (laughs) know-it-all. Know-it-all, for sure. My motto was, I do not have to be right. I just have to be sure. Exactly. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I don't have to be right. I just have to make you think I am. That's it. That was exactly. Exactly. So if I go at it with surety, like, no, this is the way we're going. Oh, (laughs) okay. Now we're going this way. Come on. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And I meant that change in direction. That was all planned. Exactly. It was all part of the journey. So, so talk to me about the feeling that's different from being that know-it-all to being able to be vulnerable. Do you notice a difference in how you felt then and how you feel now since you can be vulnerable when you need to be? I mean, I grew up, right? I think at some point we all get to the next chapter of our life. And this one was, I'm not working for somebody else. I'm working for myself. So if I don't know it, I sure as hell better not fake it mm. because there is now it's my ass on the line. I mean, it's everything. My husband and I worked this business together. We didn't have a backup plan. I wasn't in another company anymore. This mm-hmm. was it. So yeah. I think the feeling is just, it, it, it felt great. It felt great to be able to walk in. I've had some amazing, even mentors in the bank, but since I have had this company, I've had some amazing mentors, mentors that, literally have given me everything, right? And, and and taught me how to run this company and what to do. And when I lost my husband last year, it wasn't just my friends, it was my competitors, everybody. What do you need? Whatever it is that you need, let me help you. My clients, my, I mean, it was across the board. Forget my networking and my colleagues and my friends, wow. but it's everybody else as well that, you know, 
industries, like the groups were putting calls together. My competitors in the area were like, what do you need? Whatever you need, let's, let's figure this out. Let's help you. And the only wow. reason they could do that is because they knew I didn't have a technical background. People knew where I was at. Yeah. Now, look, are there a couple of people that suck and we're like, oh, we can buy the company? Of course. But 99.9% yeah. .9 of the people, what do you need and when do you need it? Mm. And that was wow. it. Wow. Yes. Yes. Mm. That is so good. Because, you know, as you know, you're, we have this project that we're doing, the search for meaning over money. And what you just described was the meaning. Those competitors, mm -hmm. they did have a chance to get the money, right? They did have Absolutely. a chance to steal your clients. Oh, she's vulnerable. Let's take her yeah. clients, right? The, they had a chance to get the money, but instead they went to the meaning. And that was so freaking human. You know, we look at humans and we're like, humans suck. You yeah. know, we're, yeah. we're mean and greedy and yeah, lustful but, or whatever. But, but humans can be so beautiful. Out. Mm, but mm. being vulnerable brings that out. And that was it. I mean, even... Even my colleagues are like, look, whatever clients want to leave, let them go. When you're ready, we'll feed you. We're good. We'll, we'll get mm. you clients. We'll do this. Everything was, don't worry about anything except for you and your kids. And we will figure the rest out with you. I have a really dear friend of mine, a really close friend of mine who still says, and I'm in the midst of a thousand issues right now since my husband passed away. Mm -hmm. And every time we talk about something, he's like, oh, well, when we go there. Well, we can take a look at it. Well, when they call us back, when we have to get to it, when we have to mm. deal with this, everything mm. is a we. It's never a you. He's nothing wow. to do with this, but everything is a we. And it wow. feels nice. That feels amazing. That does. That really does. Yeah. Man, oh man, so, so good. You talked about your friends saying all you need to worry about is your children. And I know that's a big priority for you. What was that like where having to deal with their mental health, but yours at the same time? How did you navigate that? Anyone that's a mother or has nieces that, I mean, we all do the same thing, right? We put our kids first. And in this situation, that's exactly what happened. My kids were at a therapist's office by mid-March. My husband passed away February 28th. So, mm. I mean, the own sessions in therapy, we kept consistency, stability. My mother stayed with us for two months. I got a male au pair to be mm. a big brother figure. Yep. Oh, Plays soccer, yeah. hangs out. So like I did all these things to sort of, you know, and the community, my girlfriends, husbands, you know, their friends, fathers, taking them out, calling them, hanging out with them. I mean, my boys have the numbers to some of my colleagues. Yes, they're friends, yeah. but they're work colleagues. Yeah. And they'll call them and be like, where's mommy? We can't reach her. I've had some minor health issues where I have minor major surgeries in the last year and my kids can't be in a position where they know I'm in the hospital. Yeah. So I had one friend manning my phone and every time he would get a call, you know, he'd decline it and text them. Yes, I'm okay, honey. I'm in a meeting pretending to be me. And then he would have my mm. other friend who could FaceTime them, FaceTime them and be like, Hey, we're in a meeting. I mean, Again, it's just making sure that they didn't see a break in anything. Yeah. Wow. And we were, yeah, and we were able to do that. Yeah. And and I think going back to that, you know, men's mental health versus women's mental health, a lot of times men aren't just able to compartmentalize and be like, I'm at work. What? 
Like, okay. Right. Right. But women, we have a really hard time doing that just before going on this. We're doing a batch um, recording today, but this morning had to start with me talking to my daughter, who might I add is almost 30, but it's freaking important to her to FaceTime me. And so I'm moving around trying to get stuff ready for the podcast, but I know I have to do this. Otherwise this woman, not this kid, (laughs) this woman is not going to be able to work through her day if she wasn't able to talk to me. So yeah. And so we, we do that. We stretch ourselves. We sacrifice Cause I could have been a little bit off. Would I have liked to dive deeper into whatever it was, this podcast rather than multitask? Sure, I would. But a lot of times women, we just aren't able to do that. Our hearts no. are like kids first. And that yeah, is the no, way absolutely. We and you nailed so, it. We don't compartmentalize for sure. Mm-mm. The Beatles said, Money can't buy me love. But guess what? We are all using money to get love. It's true. I'll tell you why I know. I've learned in my almost 20 years of working in the financial and mental health industries that money and love go together, whether we want it to or not. All of our actions are based on doing what we think will get us the maximum amount of love. Now, later in life, we begin to use money to get that love. From the time we are children, we set in motion a plan to get our parents' love, then our friends' love, next, our partner's love, and so on, and so on, and so on. So you see, around age 14, we make a final decision on how we will handle money. And it just so happens that at that same time, we are making a decision on how we'll handle love. You might decide to be a saver. You might decide to be a spender. You may even decide to be a hero or an enthusiast. Wondering what those two are? Take the money mentality quiz. It will reveal how you use money to get love. You don't have to believe me. See it for yourself. Take the money mentality quiz. Go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash quiz and see for yourself. It's free and it only takes like two minutes. The great thing is, You'll walk away not only knowing your money mentality or money personality, but you'll also know your money strengths and challenges so you can do something about them. So go ahead, take the quiz, but don't stop there. At the end, remember, give me your email address, your best email address, so I can give you some guidance to get enough love and money in your life to make it full of meaning. Go to Presidential Lifestyle dot com slash quiz. The link is in the show notes. Now let's get back to today's show. And so how does that, I'm not sure how I want to ask this question, but does that leave me? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think I started grieving a little bit later. So one of the things, unfortunately, or fortunately, there were a couple women that lost their husbands before me and a couple after me, and we're all, we all live close together. So a lot of my stuff has come from that. Like I said, I don't see a therapist. And every day that goes by, I kind of think, oh my goodness, if I have to rehash the last year and a half with a therapist, I'm not going to make it. So, but I have two friends, three friends that I talk to about everything, you know, two are male, one's female. And we literally talk about everything. And just like you said, with the male 
with the two males, they compartmentalize. So when they're at work, they're just trying to do their thing. And I'm calling because, you know, an idea flipped into my head and I need instant gratification. I'm like, I need to get this out now. And so we've had that conversation. I'm like, look, here's kind of where I'm at. So, you know, every now and then, <laughs> you know, when I want to just talk about something and you've got a deadline in three minutes, I think I might be more important, but it's, <laughs> it's that's sort of where I'm at. Mm-hmm. I do what I can. I'm definitely going through the grieving process a bit more now, but it's hard. You know, my focus was the kids and the business yeah. because the mortgage still needed to be paid yeah. and, you know, all of these things need to happen. And so mine is definitely a little delayed. Is that how I would suggest anybody do it? Absolutely not. But that's, what worked for me? Has it worked Absolutely. great? I have no idea. We'll see how screwed up I am in five years. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And that, and, and such is life, you know, and I'm glad that right. you brought up that one, not everybody needs to do it this way. Like I chose it this way. Cause sometimes when people choose a way, like we talked about earlier, when somebody is sure that this is right for them, they want to impose that on everybody. And you just need to do it my way. Cause this is the way it worked for me, or at least uh, right. I made it like it worked. Right. So thank you for making that differentiation. This is what you did. And somebody could do it completely different and that would be right for them. And then I want to touch on, you talked about, this is mental health awareness month. And you talked about not doing the therapy, but now that you're thinking about therapy, it makes it even harder because you're like, no, they're going to make me rehash the last year. I'm really not going through it. And I'd loved that honesty, because it's true. I'm a therapist, but I can say that is a lot of times what therapists do. Really, really focusing on the past year or the thing, you know, the thing that triggering, the triggering event, when maybe if we can go past that, actually, past the last year, maybe a little further to see what is it that is, has you handling it the way you're handling it right now? Because the the steps that you're taking right now did not come from the last year. They came from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever was instilled in you years and years and years ago. That's where that comes from. And we redo every year our way. And the brain, mm-hmm. the brain just says, you know what? This is safe because this is the way I know how to do it. I don't know what this, the, any other way. I'm going to keep doing it my way. Could be right. Could be wrong. Just like you said, we'll see in a couple of years. But for now, <laughs> <laughs> for now, this is what the way we do it. One thing I will say and recommend is hypnotherapy is one way to not have to rehash the last year. That's why yeah, I, I, ad- I was given that advice as well. Yeah. You know, I think we all say it. We're like, yeah, I don't have time. I don't have this. For me, I think it's one of those things where you just get scared about everything that's about to come out and you're so embroiled in everything that you're like, can I really take anything else that's going to break me? Yeah. Like, is there anything else we can add on to this? (laughs) Yep. Yep. I so know what you mean. That is so true. And, and a lot of times therapists are not sensitive to the fact they call it resistance, but it's not necessarily resistance. It's like, no, at this point, it's like safety. I know how, I know what is going to topple this. We can afford as CEOs to topple like, yeah, we got friends and people holding us up, but we still have to have the bones. Our bones right. need to be there. Yeah. And you're about right. to break all the bones, lady yeah, or man. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, you know, the other thing, what for me, what has worked is I do have 
a friend that's outside that I do talk to about everything. So that, so it's not like I keep everything bottled in. I mean, mm-hmm. this friend knows everything, all the issues that have been happening in the last year, everything about the company, my bank pin codes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like we're talking about everything. Yeah. So it does help to have somebody that you can just call and be like, blah, 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 blah. and they're just like, yes, well, do you remember, you know, a month ago when this happened and this happened? So that's why. And I'm like, oh yeah. Okay. No, I didn't remember that, but thank you. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that totally. helps. That that definitely helps. So you talked about the children came first and their mental health and making sure that you created this safe place for them so they didn't have to worry about, oh no, is mommy going to, you know, or is anything going to happen to mommy? You made them stable and then you made the company stable. So I, I, we talked about that a little bit in the beginning, but stable was what you were your first idea of prosperity. But I know that expansion and growth is really your idea of prosperity. And it's going to go back there once the stable happens. So the stable, we already did it. Right. We We signed on two new clients this year already. Ah, okay. So that's where I was going. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're already there. So we got stable. We signed on two new clients. We've got new solution sets coming out. We've done, you know, a prediction, obviously, with the current situation, things have changed, but things have changed a bit better for me. IT is no longer a luxury, but a necessity in everyone's mind, as opposed to in some people's mind. Yep. We're moving forward. This company is going to surpass any forecast that my husband and I had put together in the past. Wow. That is awesome and amazing. This is so good to hear. So then when you think about expanding, actually, I have so many questions. Okay, let me see. (laughs) Okay, so you talked about IT not being a luxury. It's like, tell me about it because there's so many CEOs out there. We are a tech-enabled company. I mean, most of what, none of my team works in Vegas with me. They all are in different places. And so my, the person who's been with me the longest, I have only seen her face-to-face twice. And right. so, but I, like you, am not a tech person. So you're right. It is such a necessity for us. We wouldn't even be able to run this business without technology. So with that being said, do you do any education? Because I know you said you do some speaking to kind of say what that necessity is. Now, somebody like me, I don't like pain. So if if I have a, a pain point, I'm going to find a solution for it. But I do know a lot of CEOs who can piecemeal and work through their crap and just like, oh, it's working. No, yeah. it's not. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and those are not the right clients for us. <laughs> Girl. Yeah. We, Look, when we go in, as much as the client's interviewing us, we interview the client. So a couple things, right? First of all, if I can't go out for a drink and be, you know, and have a good time with the CEO of that company, they're not going to be our client mm-hmm. because we have a rapport. There's a lot of trust. People don't get that IT companies literally have access to everything. Yep. We can see and do everything. And we need to have that trust where we can be honest with you and say, look, you've hired us for this reason. This is what we're saying you need to do, especially with all the compliances, the cyber, you know, the cyber reaches, the security with the different uh, options available for cloud and not cloud and hybrid and all these things that happen. You need a company that you can absolutely trust. 
Mm. And if you want to do that, you have to believe that the service that they're providing you is worth it. And for you to believe that the service they're providing you is worth it, it means that you have to understand what would happen if you didn't have that service. So for example, a lot of CEOs, when we go in and and first of all, I do the sales for my company. I meet every single prospect. They don't Mm. become a client unless I've met them. The way we work, if we take on one wrong client, we could be out for months and a ton of money. One of the things that a lot of CEOs ask me, they're like, well, you know, how many tickets can, you know, how many people do you guys have and how many tickets can you handle? And that's like a typical IT question. Mm. And we go back, I'm like, why are you asking how many tickets we can handle? That's the wrong question. Why aren't you saying you don't want any tickets? Your mindset shouldn't be how many tickets can I put in? It's why am I having any tickets to begin with? Right? Why Mm -hmm. am I having any issues to begin with? So our clients, as we're going out and educating them, it's kind of like that. It's, It's like, the difference between a firefighter and a fire preventer. The fire happens, certain things are going to get damaged. You put it out, you got a little bit of loss, a little bit of not loss. Fire prevention, you have no loss. It's sort of that differentiator. So I do do some education. We are picky about who we take on and our clients are very loyal. Even through the last year, in that one year, we didn't lose any of our actually standing clients, not a one. Mm. And I'm not going to lie, for one year, it was really hard to support. I had no team. I mean, I lost my husband. His brother quit. I had one very junior person that we just brought on in January, and my husband passed away in February. My brother-in-law quit in April. So I had nothing. (laughs) Yeah. To have that kind of relationship with your clients, it's a lot. It says a lot about them, and it says a lot about you and your company. Yes. And it also says a lot about your process. Yes. Because if you didn't have that process in place, then the strength of that relationship wouldn't have been there. Exactly. Exactly. So I'd like to recap before we go to, I have two more questions for you. And this time went so freaking fast. I can't believe it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I have so much more to talk about, but (laughs) as usual, because this is heaven for me. Like this, when I think about what, if heaven exists, it is a bunch of really deep, full, fulfilling, meaningful conversations. And that's it. That's heaven. So it always seems to go so fast, but (laughs) (laughs) I like to recap mainly because we used to have a podcast that was really step-by-step, like step one, do this, step two, do this, step three. But we made this shift to talking about meaning over money. It became a little esoteric and hard to like pinpoint this, the step-by-step process. So I like to point it out just in case people missed it because you dropped some serious nuggets there that I want people to make sure they pick up. So the first thing you talked about is your network and your network is not only a strong network, like professionally, but there are these really caring people that know when it's time to pour into you, but also allow you to be strong when you need to be strong and know that you are a bit of a know-it-all so that (laughs) they let you be that and they give you your gratification when you need it. But they also know how to call you on your stuff and be like, hey, dude, like, stop that right now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that's super, super important. So if you do not have that, guys, you need to get working on that. I know some of our listeners are EO and YPO, 
um, listeners. But if you're not in some sort of tribe and maybe you're not EO ready yet or YPO ready yet, but you need to be in a tribe where you can have that kind of network. And then we briefly touched on this mentoring. And I know how important that is, even though we didn't go deep there having some mentors that you know you can lean on that will guide you. And they may be in your industry, they may or may not, but it sounds like you have people that you can go to who are going to kind of guide you that you trust, but they also know you well enough to give you the right information that maybe you didn't have, or if you had it, you forgot it. And to remind you of what you're saying. Yeah. And then you talked about hiring Hiring your clients. That's the way I, I interpret what you say. Yeah. <laughs> you basically yeah. hire that's your clients. Fair. I love it. That hiring process, just like they're interviewing you, you're interviewing them because if they don't fit this model client that you have in your head, then it's going to be an uphill battle and it's going to add more stress to you in long term. Even though it might be money, it won't be meaningful. And so you have created over the years this process for making your relationships with your clients more meaningful. So then you could be doing more meaningful work. Yeah. And and I would the only thing I would say is it's if you're hiring the wrong client, nine out of 10 times, it's not going to be profitable. You're not going to make the money. You're going to lose out on something, whether it's time, labor, whatever the case may be. Yep, exactly. And you will have, your your team will be upset too. And and what's happening- Culture. Yeah, I was going to say what's happening in the company culture is going to be sacrificed. Last two questions. So I definitely want to know, looking at it, so this question could be tough because what's happened in the last year is huge sacrifice. But if you can expand that past just the last year, what would you say are some of the things you've sacrificed building and expanding this company over the years? So I'm going to be difficult again. I don't think I sacrificed anything. I think wow. every day is a new priority. And so if you look at it as sacrifices all the time, mm-hmm. that to me it sounds like something you regret. And I don't, I don't regret anything really like that. I think that there are definitely days that the one thing I did is I was always, you know, if there was a show or a game or what, whatnot, I was there for the boys, but my husband was definitely more of the person that was around. Cause I traveled uh, to do all this, you know, to gain mm. the knowledge, to make the network, to build the contacts, to build the business. I traveled around the country to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's only since he passed that I stopped doing the country thing. I just speak here. So my husband was the one that has a lot of those memories. And honestly, I'm so happy that they have that now because they look back <sighs> and they're just like, dad's not here, but we did, a, you know, a billion things with him. And the time that he was here and my kids are, are 11 and, and about to be nine. So it's not like they're college. So they have all these memories because daddy was here and daddy took him to school and brought him home and went to their games and went to their classes. And daddy took him to their birthday parties and daddy apparently played hooky with them a lot and <laughs> took them out of school and went to the movies and went bowling. But daddy coached basketball, daddy coached soccer. So they have all these amazing memories and now I do it. And so I don't know if there's necessarily any sacrifice. I think we do what we need to do. And I don't mm-hmm. think we should look at any decision as a regret. You know, I hate saying this because I can't believe it in my mind that there is any reason that this would be the case. But, you know, everything happens for a reason. Even though I don't know what that reason is to take a father away from his kids. Yes, but yes. everything happens for a reason, I guess. And um, 
there are no major sacrifices. I will yeah. say that. Yes. And let me just give you, yes, I hear you, what you just said. And like you said, it's, we don't know the reason. You can't even fathom what that reason might be. But you, in your belief, you know that there is, you just don't know what that could possibly be. So I, right. I appreciate it. So if anybody you. knows, you could let me know. Please, yes. Let, <laughs> please let us know. Because it is, it's so tough to understand why shifts like that happen. And yeah. it may not be linear, like this A plus B equals C, you know, like this, this cause and effect kind of thing. This is ha- because of this. Now this can happen. It is like all of these other moving parts and zigzags to, to exactly. get to to reason. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, thank you so much for sharing your time with us. I have one more question for you, sure. but I do want to know if, you know, if somebody's listening and they're like, Heck yeah, we need that IT company working for us. You know, how do they reach out to you guys? How do they connect with you? They can email me at slakani at techworks, T-E-C-H-W-E-R-X-E.com. They can call me. I'm an EO member, so you can find me in the New Jersey chapter. It's Sage Lakani Pot. We're on Facebook. It's TechWorks. And yeah, I've got a phone number, 973-577-4548, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'll put it... You can send it to me. I'll put all of that in the show notes and you guys can reach out if anything that we talked about today is what you need in your company. And then Sage can interview you to see if you fit. (laughs) (laughs) So before we go, I do have another question that I ask every guest. And that is, what is the best advice you ever received or the advice you wish somebody would have told you? Okay. So in line with everything else that we have talked about, I'm not going to give you just one answer. There has been, I just can't, I'm sorry. You are so difficult Just kidding. I'm See, just now kidding. that is a sentiment most people would agree with. Um, yes, but I love it. So, we're, we're so alike. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a lot of advice given to me throughout the years. And, mm-hmm. but for me, the last year has been extremely defining in my world. And there are a couple pieces of information that people have given me that I would love to share. One thing is no decision you make is wrong. Every decision you make is the right decision. So the only thing that's wrong is not making a decision. And I touched on that before about moving forward and doing that. I also, you know, somebody said this to me recently, and I love it, is that there's no work-life balance. It's work-life presence. And one of the things that I've tried to do, even when my husband was alive, was We tried to put our phones away. We tried to be present in whatever it was. Even if it was just 30 minutes, there's Mm. 30 minutes of presence time, which is like hours. And EO, a fellow EO woman gave me this advice. And it's not so much advice as it is direction. Yeah. Is to be able to go into your biggest expansion, you have to go into your biggest contraction. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Yep. I mean, you just think about it in breathing when you need to take a, yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. Exactly. It's in every aspect of your life. And she told me this, I was breaking down one day and I was really going through something and she called me up. I've never met this woman in my life. We're on a group chat together and she's like, I want to talk to you. And we got on the phone and she heard my story and she gave me this advice. And that is something that I, I think about every single day. Yeah. You know. Yep. Wow. 
Well, thank you for sharing your story with us. And I know this is just part of it. You. you know, like I say on, on my on my website, this is part of your story. You know, your story still continues. We're going to track some of it because you chose us to share that story with. And we do not take that lightly. We understand that your story, one for one, is private and personal. And for you to share it with our listeners, us and the world, that it is going to make a difference there. You know, we don't know the reason like we talked about earlier, but I know that I have another CEO. She hasn't been on the show lately, but her mom passed away in the midst of her growing her business. And to hear you and your, I know when she hears this episode, she's going to feel like she's not alone. Like, oh, okay. Another CEO is still building their company because some people choose to break down and be like, oh gosh, I can't survive. And that is okay if you do that, but that's a choice that some people make. And when you don't make that choice, you can sometimes feel like you don't, you didn't, did you love the person? Cause you didn't fall apart. You stayed strong. Did you really love? And this was something she shared with me that like people expected her to like give up stuff and like, yeah. Uh, So, so I would just like to, I am going to interrupt because that is one thing is people have this vision of what you should act like, be like, look like mm-hmm. when something this out of the ordinary happens, when something mm-hmm. this absolutely awful and tragic happens in your life. And if you don't represent that crying, weeping, mm-hmm. failing, falling to the floor, then they think you don't need anything and they start to move away. Yes. And one of the things you talked about, about being vulnerable is I go onto Facebook. I, I don't post a lot of stuff, you know, in the last year, but I do post about once a month. And that's what I say. I say, look, just because I look strong doesn't mean I haven't sat inside my house or in my car and cried for six hours. And I think it's really important for people to only not judge, but understand that everybody has their own way of doing something. People would say, you know, if I said I wanted a date, isn't it too soon? If I said I didn't want a date, you don't want a date. <laughs> There's no right answer. It's not. You're so right. And there is no playbook. Yeah. And everyone's got to do their own thing. So that's, that is the one thing I would say is there is no picture for this. There's no ideal. That is what it should look like. Yeah. Totally. Everyone has their own way and none of them are wrong and none of them are right. They're all perfect for the person who's living them out. And if it's not, once they made that decision to take that step, and they feel it's the wrong step, you can always make another decision because every decision you make is the right decision. Totally. Yeah. And I, I'm just going to add to that with my own little personal story. I remember in 2011 when my grandmother passed away and she was like one of my best friends and we were really, really close, but I had moved from Chicago, which is where I'm originally from. And I just started presidential lifestyle, but I moved to Georgia at the time. It was an easier place to start a company than in Chicago, way more business owners there. I felt so distant, you know, like I was gone when she passed away, but it just so happened that the universe told me to go home and I did. The money was there. It was like all the things lined up for me to go home and I took it. I was like, go. And I went home the day that I got home, she passed away. So I knew that I was supposed to be home, first of all, to be there, but I wasn't at the hospital when she passed away. So then I was like, well, should I feel grief for not going straight from the airport to the hospital? You know, because that was an option and I didn't do it. And so there were all these like little things that I had that I could have felt 
so quote unquote bad for, you know, and as I'm telling the story of what's happening and how people decide they want to judge the situation that people could have imposed their thoughts on. Oh, it seems like you should have been there. You know, why didn't you do this? And there was so many times where I had to stand in my, like, let me tell you what is right for Kene. Like, I'm not going to regret any decision I made because it was what was right at that time. That's all I had was what I, the information I had at the time and going to my sister's house was the choice that I chose rather than going home. And she and I were going to go to the hospital together. I could have went, but I didn't. And so like those kinds of decisions that you make, people can try and make you wrong for whether it's dealing with your grief or growing your business or in your marriage period. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And you have to stand your ground as to not let them push you back into any grief or create any grief that's not even there for you just because that's what they think they would have felt because they don't even know what they would have felt. Exactly. And, you know, I actually did get, it was funny I and and it's probably wrong, but I did get some advice, you know, on that too. They're like, you know what, if I'm making all the wrong decisions, you tell me what you did when your husband died. Because Mm. if you've got a playbook, you let me know. I think it's very hard when you're in the public eye. And when I say that, I mean, when something this big happens, he was young, he was healthy. This was very unexpected. He wasn't sick, nothing. All of a sudden, everybody knows. And so everyone's got an opinion. And I think when you're in that environment, it's very hard to stand your ground and you have to be strong to stand your ground. Yes, and, totally. And it's important to do whatever it is that's right for you. Absolutely. And, and you know what? The ones that love you and need you and are truly there for you are going to be there for you. And yep. you know, for the ones that I felt judged by, I talked to them. You know, I called them up and I said, hey, look, you know, I kind of felt and we talked it out. And it was done and, and everything is good. So I think it's just a matter of communication and, and doing what's right for you. Oh, I love you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Everything is a conversation. It's like, I love that you did that because if you would have held that in or let that fester and not have oh, a conversation, man. It's going to implode. And there's no reason yes. for that because just talk it out. And, and that's, that is, and I do that with the boys too. Mm. I do that with my kids. I'm very quick to be like, look, mom's had a hard day. I'm really exhausted today. I need you guys mm-hmm. to just yeah. chill out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And when they're used to that conversation, they can understand that. Like if you only say that this one time or when you blow up, like you wait until you right. didn't say that. And then you now you're blowing up and you're like, you're getting on my nerves or whatever. Decide, you know thing comes right. out right. and then you feel bad because you're like, oh, it's not what I wanted to say. You exactly. Know? And that's yeah. how I was before. And I actually, EO members and YPO members will know, I actually talked to Warren Rustand when I, I went to a regional leadership academy and it was one of the best things I've done in my life. It was in April. And my husband, like I said, he just passed away a month and a half before that. And he sat me down and we had some conversations and He's like, nothing's that important. They want to miss school. Why are you freaking out? I'm like, because you can't miss school. I mean, it's just crazy. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because why? I don't know. Stop asking me. (laughs) And when it got down to it, it was so he didn't behave. So he didn't finish his vegetables. So he didn't want to go to school. Mm -hmm. So he failed one test. What's the big deal? Yeah. Think about where you are in your life right now. Think about what they went through. And yeah. just think about the depth and the, and, and the scheme of things. 
mm-hmm. and figure out whether it's a big deal or not. And I'm like, oh. And, and once I was able to release some of that, it, we stopped getting into blowouts. And when I say we, I mean me, stopped yeah. getting into blowouts. And and our relationship has gotten so much better. And being a single mother, I didn't have a choice. I'm a single, full-time working, you know, business owner, mother. And so my time is all over the place. And I need to make sure that my relationship with the kids is, is strong as hell because it needs to be. Yeah. And I think you kind of need to come up with another word after you described your whole life and your single mom doesn't really sound like it described. You. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're like, in this. They, they, we need to create another category because yeah, it's something different. I don't know what it is yet. It'll come to me and I'll text you and they're like, Perfect. oh, I know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could ask some of my friends. They have words. I'm not sure I could use them right now, but they have words. Right. <laughs> So I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing all of this, allowing me to do my work because like I said before, I'm in heaven talking to you. And I know that there are other people who are grabbing these nuggets that you're dropping. And even if they're not, they're in the show notes. So you can go back and read them. And I think you should Mm -hmm. listen to the podcast episode again, because so much that you dropped was so freaking important. And whether you, you know, many of the listeners are EO and YPO, and if they're not even in that, they're in that kind of same place that you are. But what I like about it is what your strengths are, like what you told somebody else, that's somebody else's challenge. So they get to learn from that. And of course, if you continue to listen, then what your challenge is, somebody's going to talk about it here Mm -hmm. on the podcast and you'll create some change in your life from it. So thank you for creating the change because we all have to begin to look for the meaning over the money because the money is coming. If the meaning is there, it is absolutely coming. Like you said, you just got two new clients and yeah. So your company is expanding. So man, you are a shining example of that meaning over money. Keep pushing through, keep being strong and vulnerable and please keep listening and being close to us because I have so enjoyed hanging out with you today. Thank you. Honestly, thank you so much. This was just, it was just such a great, great hour of time just talking to you and understanding how you do this and also listening to, you know, what we went through and you kind of recapping. So I really enjoyed this. So thank you so much. I was honored to be on here and you are so much fun to talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's how I like to be. That's what one of my, my patients, she says, people say I never smile. And I say, yes, I do. At my therapist's office. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. This is absolutely great. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. Staying all the way to the end. And we have more for you. This is not the end. We'll see you next week. So come on back so we can have some more meaningful conversations. Hey, before you go, I'm wondering, are you a CEO who is starting to feel like it's time to manage your stress rather than just tolerate it? Have you gotten to a point where you rather be appreciated for who you are rather than what you've done according to society's rules. Would you like to enjoy your success with less stress? If this sounds like you and you're interested in seeing if you're a good fit for working with me and my team over here at Presidential Lifestyle, then here's what I'd like you to do. I invite you to head on over 
to presidentiallifestyle.com and book a private conversation with me. It's not free. My time is valuable, just as valuable as yours is. And for that reason, I'm going to pour into you for about 45 to 60 minutes. You pay a small fee in exchange for a lot of love. So we can get to the bottom of what's stressing you out right now. I'll listen to your goals, accomplishments, and even your challenges. And I'll tell you more about me and my process too. You'll get to ask me questions and I'll give you a few tips and resources that you can start using immediately to reduce your stress. It'll be worth your time and your money. I promise you that. At the end of our call, if we believe that we can work together successfully, I'll share with you the fastest way to get to where you want to be using my program. At Presidential Lifestyle, we help CEOs all over the world navigate through stress and turn their money into meaning. To see if we can help you do that same thing, head on over to presidentiallifestyle.com or simply click the link in the show notes. All right, go now. I'll see you there. Talk to you sooner. Thanks for listening all the way to the end, my Prosperity Pro. I want to stay connected with you. Here are four ways. Pick the one that works best for you if you want to stay connected with me. One, if you have any questions, I'd love to answer them. Send them to podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. I'd love it if you would make a one or two minute audio message and attach it to an email. That'd be the easiest way for me to get it. Ask me anything about creating a life of meaning over money and I'll get you an answer. Remember the email address is podcast at presidentiallifestyle.com. Two, subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends because you guys might want to have a discussion about it, especially if they're a CEO who wants to shift from the old American dream to a life of meaning. Three, we try not to have any sponsors on this show unless they are truly in line with our values. I mean, really a good fit. So that means we fund this podcast ourselves. I'd like you to take a look at our resource page to see if there's any products or services that we recommend that are right for you. If not, no worries, maybe later. If so, please use our affiliate link to purchase. Thank you in advance for doing that. You are such an amazing person. Okay, four and last. If you want to know what's happening over here at Presidential Lifestyle, and you want us to email you the update, then go to presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. And you'll see the current updated blog for the week, but you'll also see a link to subscribe to that blog. We can email it to you if you like. That's presidentiallifestyle.com slash blog slash now. Don't worry, you don't have to remember that link or any links. They're all in the show notes. Oh, and I forgot to say, if you're enjoying this podcast, go ahead and leave us a review and tell us how much you're enjoying it. And now for the legalese. This podcast is not to replace professional counsel. The best advice is from a professional who knows you and your specific situation. 
the topics discussed in this podcast are general in nature and for informational or entertainment purposes only. We encourage you to meet with a professional that you can discuss your specific situation with. Whether you choose us or someone else, one-on-one counsel is important, whether it's a financial, therapeutic, legal, or other decision. So that's all for now. I'll see you next episode. And remember, you can have wealth in all of its forms. Believe it, and you'll soon see it.